this was like weeks and weeks ago. I was driving to San Antonio listening to a podcast, and I was like, I love this like we, banter. Oh, we did. I did respond, and I was like, yeah, it's more fun. I don't listen to podcasts. Snatch. <laughs> I'm sure that's what I said. <laughs> People, I, just heard I don't. I don't believe in the media. <laughs> I'm here to talk. I don't listen to it when it's done. I don't believe in the media. It's excellent. <laughs> that should be my bio for this. <laughs> I don't listen to podcasts. Yeah. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, it's been a hot minute since we have gotten together, right? I mean, I think April was the last time we recorded together. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right after my birthday, which is right after y'all's birthdays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So a hot minute is officially three and a half months. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that is, though, the approximate time of Hot Minute. Yeah. It's like a fortnight. Hot Minute. <laughs> so, um, Welcome all. Yeah, so we were all moving, and now we have our shit together. Did you move? Maybe. I moved spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I was moved spiritually, is what I meant to say. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> I moved some inventory around. Oh. Yeah, nice. and I got a lot of that, so that was was something I did. In did April. some internal internal work. <laughs> I did some internal moving. Yeah. I took inventory and I moved. All right. <laughs> My body moved. No more questions. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, <laughs> go uh, yeah. So we're st- we're we're now. This is how we do perfect new intros. We're going for something more natural, less scripted because it didn't feel like us anyway we would have to get through the intro and then be like okay cool now we can talk you yeah know? well i think at the very least we could say that this is queer for it yes and um as usual i do want to introduce ourselves so i am chris i'm a trans man i use he him pronouns um and if you haven't figured it out by now you can find me on instagram and see the start of the place and i'm courtney uh i use she her pronouns i'm a lesbian you can find me on instagram at court underscore roads and I am Chris. I use she, they pronouns. I am gender non-conforming, but I love to identify as a woman of color because it's a it's a passion point for me. And you can find me on Instagram at the Yolo Bandit, and you can find us on Instagram at Queer For It. And yeah. they, if they wanted to hit us in our email, what's our email? Queerforitpodcast at gmail.com. Beautiful. What's the login to that? I do. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> Are you on this podcast? <laughs> Spiritually. Yeah, okay. And we have another, we have a wonderful guest with us today. We're just subjecting her to listening to us be idiots right now. So. I I met her recently because the twins invited me to their flag football awards where everyone just won. All of my friends cleaned up, so um, we can talk about your Spittus award. And then, um, but y'all know her from... Is it from just playing flag football together? Yeah. So let's do a little intro. If you want to say your name, pronouns, how you identify, and if you want people to find you on the internet. Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Remington. This is the uh, most professionally produced podcast I've ever been on. You're welcome. You're welcome for the experience. Just the, yeah, the, it's, it's intimidatingly um, nerve-wracking in here. I'm going to no. say it feels like the bar is low. <laughs> Considering we just... We are not professional, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Well, she had to. She had to watch us figure out how to set up all the sound technology again. Uh, okay, so uh, my name is Remington. I'm a. I'm a very large trans woman. Um, <laughs> Good. Take up more space. Yeah. Sorry. So six two one ninety five. A lot of joy. Um, a lot of joy. I feel yeah. like that's. Yeah, your identity is a lot of joy. Yeah, uh, so you can find me. There's uh, Remington Johnson's my last name. There's there's very few of us around. Like mm-hmm. very few. So what is it, Reverend? 
Remington on Twitter? I don't really super know what my handles are, but well, just search for Remington Johnson. You'll find me. I'll, yeah. t- I'll tag you. Oh, okay. I'll find you and tag you afterwards. And uh, she, her pronouns, correct? Oh, she, her, yes. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, so we know Remington from ATX GFL, which is our, what they call the Gay Flag Football League, which at some point they'll just figure out that it's not just gay, it's queer, LGBTQIA yeah. football yeah. league, but it's just like a lot. LGBTQIA ATXFL ATX, would be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, it's a condition and we need medication for it, so, <laughs> yeah. I get, we all, we're working under the umbrella of gay, so which how I'm many, happy with. Is this your second this would have been your third season, right? No, no, no. So I, my first season was I had played two games and then COVID hit. Oh, that one, okay. Um, and then this season. So, you, so this was your first yeah. full yeah. one. This was your first full season? Yeah. That is cool. I, we got to witness uh, Remington win a pretty badass like award that was, I don't know, I felt like everyone was pretty down for it and it was very touching. I think every single person was crying when you won that award. I mean, I was I was, I was, I was, I was, I was crying. <laughs> I was guest and I was crying. Yeah. So Remington ended up winning um, the Jessica Spears Award, which Jessica was uh, another trans woman in the league, and she uh, tragically died last year. It was in 2020, right? Yeah. It was during mm-hmm. COVID mm-hmm. Um, in a motorcycle accident. So a drunk driver hit her. Yes. Yeah. And so they this year at the end of our awards season, they created the Jessica Spears Award um, for just someone of like outstanding character and just I, I mean I think that was I'm gonna like, get the credit like, <laughs> I think that was basically the bar of just like outstanding character type like um, wonderful human yeah. being award like it not necessarily based on like I mean you're it wasn't like, really based on performance or anything but you obviously a badass. <laughs> <laughs> if it was based on that alone but um, so it was like all around like person you want on your team on the field want to hang out with yeah, sort of get with yeah, yeah so, so it was sort of like a, a miscongeniality yeah. plus yeah oh, right yeah that's love I didn't think Which, about it being the miscongeniality where that's pretty cool I love that and so I think that was like really touching that they honored her and then that you won I think everyone was like yeah that checks out because you are just a lot of joy as you described yourself yeah I mean that was what I mean that may be a fun place to start because I mean that's something where I've told my therapist about it and she keeps telling me I like I gotta keep talking about it yeah because it was so it, it in this like getting this award so I want you I want everyone to sort of like feel the space here so we're in a gay club in Austin we are in a night lounge or a night a lounge cl- a it's, club. it's a Sunday evening it, it's light <laughs> outside, it's light outside. <laughs> so so yeah, it feels a little odd. You can see too much. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> more clubs than that's you ever thing. You can want. see a little bit too much. You can see the corners of the club, which is not anything <laughs> yeah. you ever want. No, to No, there's see. too much light. Um, there's too much light. But so it was really. I, I found myself sort of like triggered in a good way, or it was complicated. Totally. Because that was the same club that I had my coming out party in. Really. Um, and so I hadn't been. I'd been back like once, but I hadn't been like I. I it was just strange to like be there, and then there was sort of like. So you imagine like all of these sort of just gorgeous, joyful bodies, like shoulder to shoulder on the dance floor, and they're, you know, they sort of like get ready to announce the the Jessica Spears Spirit Award. And I don't think anyone knew it was coming as an award. Yeah, no, and nobody yeah. knew the nominees ahead of time either. So yeah. it's not like you knew to no. prepare. Uh, I mean, yeah, when I left that house that house that day, I told my partner and the neighbors, and I was like. I think I might get an award tonight. I'm just, I, the only thing I could possibly get is some sort of spirit award. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I was doing the thing of like, you know, when you're a kid, and that, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm not going to cry if I don't get a trophy. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And so they, they started like describing what the award meant and who Jessica was and 
like that really sort of like changed the tone in the whole space from this like raucous celebration with too much light, you know, to this sort of like, okay, we're gonna have a moment. One of our own died. Something you never feel in a club. Yeah. Well, I mean, I th- I, th- I don't know. I mean, I I felt. I, I don't feel like the queer experience sometimes is like having like all the trauma and all the joy and having them side by side yes. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so it was really when they started reading sort of like who this person was. You know, like I got it pretty quick. And when they read about the, you know, they're like, and this person's been at the Capitol, like, defending trans totally. folks. I just lost it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, full-on body wept. <laughs> and I'm, I'm usually good with words, and I had no words. Yeah. No words. Uh, and it was really, like, the dichotomy was really fat, like, just sh- bone-rattlingly, sh- it just shook me. Because, so here... So it, folks are just screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. And it's like deafening. And it's like, when did you have an experience like that? Where it's like your peers, people you respect are screaming and you're crying and crying <laughs> and crying. And now you got to pose for a photo. And again, there's so much light. And I'm like, <laughs> it's still the club. It's still the club. And what I kept thinking was, you know, one of the things I talked about when I was at the Capitol during this last legislative session was how unbelievably lonely it was mm. that you know you'd go and you'd just sit and you'd wait and then you'd do this thing and it felt like you were alone and you were like doing what you you know I was doing what I thought I should be doing but it was so lonely mm-hmm. and then to have this moment with this community where it was like I'm very much not alone yeah. mm-hmm. um, it was just yeah it was really jarring in a way that was complicated and good and complicated <laughs> Honest, I don't spend a there, so it is the gay flag football league, and there are a lot of gay men in there. But there's uh, are other there's lesbians and there's all sorts of it's, queers it's represented. Eight, the demographics are probably eighty percent gay men. So and then it's like the rest of nineteen percent queer women, us. and then one percent trans people. <laughs> like that, they're one. both in the room. And they're both here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got them all for this podcast yeah, well exclusively. Done, yeah. I so, like something that I did not anticipate attending Highland Lounge that <laughs> evening um, was to come away feeling so supported by gay men. Because mm. I, it's not I don't spend a lot of time around gay men. I don't have much experience other than like you know a lot of the like oh uh, white gay men you know they got there so now they're leaving the rest of the queer community out. But I was like. Every single one of these dudes in here super gives a fuck about every single other type of person in here. And yeah, I, I mean that, that makes me so. So after I got the award, folks would come up and like hug me, and I would like weep on their shoulder. <laughs> and then I'm very tall, so a lot of people cried into me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, one guy made two trips to he hugged me first and cried, and then he came back later and he wanted to hug again, and we just like held each other and wept onto each other's shoulders. Oh. And it was like really special because he had had a really unusual hard year in a number of ways and joyful and all, you know, just again, the queer experience, trauma and joy and everything mixed together. And so it was like really special for us to sort of like hold one another. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, we've spent almost no time together, yeah. but like there we were sort of like holding each other and like, he's fucking jacked. And it's just, it's just <laughs> nice to like sometimes like hold a really muscled body that's weeping into your chest. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man, that. that's so sweet. Oh, well, I, I don't want to cut off that story, but we usually start the podcast asking about coming out stories, and you said you had your coming out at yeah, that club, so that magic. would be a good tie-in to if you're willing to tell us about your coming out. Yeah, so, I mean, my coming out, so let's see, I mean, 10 years ago, I started experimenting with bow ties, 
Um, gateway drug. Yeah. It's a gateway yeah. drug. No, gateway drug. As, as, a lesbian, as a lesbian, I wore bow ties. They warn I'm you, telling you. They warn you about marijuana, and they warn you about alcohol. They don't talk to you about ties. <laughs> Look, if we're gonna if we're gonna protect the kids, <laughs> no bow ties. The we, gay agenda is bow ties. It's bow ties. <laughs> you give a kid a bow tie, they learn to tie it on. They learn to tie that shit on YouTube, and then what next? What next? You've Gender non-conforming. Given them confidence and presence forever. I love it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mask okay. Gateway drug. <laughs> so, I would share that because so I am a Presbyterian minister by training. So I did my undergrad Oklahoma State, then come down to Austin for seminary. Hate it. Hate every moment of it. <laughs> hate Austin or hate it? Um, Austin was big and scary and humid. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and also the opposite of Sooners, right? Uh, well, Oklahoma State. So we don't it's really. Not. No one really cares about us. Got it. Okay. What are we not like good, Cowboys, right? Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. Go Pokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a super fun mascot. Uh, yeah. So it's way better. I mean, honestly, our mascot is a bit better than Oklahoma University because theirs is like. Uh, you know, like the wagons that stole land from indigenous people. So, like, yeah. you know, they're they're still wrong with colonialism as a yeah. As a I mean, ours gotcha. is like I mean, there's still still things that are complicated because Eskimo Joe's is in o- Oklahoma State. Are you guys familiar with no? no. no. Okay, so Eskimo. We'll get back to my coming out story. <laughs> yeah, I think, we'll get, I think no, this is more worthy to talk about because I think okay, this is the whole thing of coming up and and like not understanding the water that you swim in. Mm-hmm. Right. So Eskimo Joe's is terribly racist so it it, they sell t-shirts and mugs it's a restaurant place and they their whole deal is they sell these shirts that are like uh, characterizations of uh inuit folks so you know they play i mean just sort of like uh the black the black face and all i mean just Mm -hmm. blown up to proportions but like the coolest thing as a kid was that you got to go downstate because i was from far i was from a small like go downstate and come back with an Eskimo Joe's t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And it was the coolest thing in the world. You know, you got this like giant, like, you know, character of an Inuit on your shirt and like his like dog and it was awesome. And so I took my my partner there four years ago and we're, I was like, I gotta show you this place. It's the best. And we're sitting there and she's like, do you see what, do you see, do you see how any of this is problematic? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. And then she was like, just take a moment, look around. <laughs> and you look around and you're like, oh no! <laughs> you, you just don't realize sort of like, yeah. you know, that's what you were sort of like seeped in. You, you had no idea that totally. that was like not okay. And then once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you're like, oh no, I have so many childhood <laughs> photos in one of those shirts. In one of those shirts. I'm gonna let you separate. So, so my coming out story was, you know, essentially, even like I think with a lot of trans folks, I, you know, I had. I had inklings and I sort of like understood that I was like lightly wired a bit different than other folks. Um, but I also knew I was gonna keep growing. So like my first time, like I'm from rural Oklahoma and when I was like 12, we went to um, Provincetown, Rhode Island, which is kind of gay. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing some like women walk past us and they were like, my brother is 6'4", and my brother-in-law is 6'9", and they were like the same, like they were as tall or taller. And I was like, what are these things? What, what are these heavenly creatures? You know, and I was just like blown away. And I was like, I don't know what, it, I don't know what's happening. I like everything about this. The tall heels, the makeup, the hair. They were drag queens, yeah, right? Yeah. They're drag queens. Yeah. But I'd never seen a drag queen before. So right. I didn't know what I was looking at. And I was just sort of like, I, I, get, uh, I want, 
you're sort of like speak as a kid you're like <gasps> Like that. Is this an option? <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're like, I've never seen a woman that tall. Oh, you mean representation? Yeah. Just got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's all sort of, the, you know, the kids stuff of growing up. And, and my deal was sort of like, okay, um, I, I'm i always like a person who's going to like figure out a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sort of like, okay, well, all right. So I've got this like, you know, male looking body, like how am I going to make it work? You know? And it was always for like finding, try to find little spaces that would be okay. But then I'd like... You know, I'd have a, I'd have a girlfriend or something like that who would be like kind of uncool with like some of my like ideas of like gender and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, okay, okay. So they think God thinks this is bad. So okay, okay. Well, I mean, I, I gotta perform for my partner, and then I'd sort of do like the self. You know, then unfortunately it becomes linked to this like existential. It's like this divine like weight of like wrongness, mm-hmm. which to add into like you know complicated gender stuff is like too much. Yeah. Right? yeah. You don't need to take That's like existential and like divine responsibility. It's a bit much. Yeah, it's well. It's exa- I mean, it's exactly like it's exactly the thing that you know. As a little kid in Catholic church, I was like, "Oh no!" You know, you're sitting there yeah. and you're learning about what's supposed to be the religion that represents you or whatever, because it's just presented to you as a kid, and yeah. you're like, "Oh no, I'm wrong about. Oh, I'm the opposite of all of these." Things. I mean, that's the oh, thing. The unfortunate like fear mongering that keeps a lot of people in check from religion is because of just that whole way of selling certain things is like if you do this thing it's bad and then you've completely damned yourself and then you're like oh it's not even on the table anymore because I don't want to damn myself you know yeah yeah and I I think it was one of those deals where I I just you know when I was by myself I kept being like oh God's totally good with whatever I'm doing at home (laughs) right Right. like I had this like I had this like giant um, ammo box under my bed it's like those big metal like ammo cans and it was just like stuffed with lingerie amazing Um, I love just like the imagery of that like the symbolism that's your tattoo that's your tattoo is the ammo can just like exploding with like lace undergarments you're like I'm gonna that's a flaunt shirt I want okay That's a gender rules are dead shirt. (laughs) So, you know, I did all that. And then the deal was I just kept growing, you know, and I got taller and, you know, I like skipping to sports. Like I wanted to play all the sports and my brother was like a star athlete and I wanted to be a star athlete. And then I got nervous around all those folks and had a bunch of injuries. So I just did show choir, which apparently is where a lot of us go. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you all look at me? I didn't do show choir. We didn't either. Courtney school? didn't even. Well, we both didn't, but I think I was the only one. I can't sing either, but we didn't make elementary school choir. I was so. the only one. And everyone huh? does. What? Okay. I mean, oh my god, those people are mean. I didn't want to show choir. I also played uh, Joseph and the Technical Dreamcoat. <gasps> did you? So I was not the star, but oh. I was. Yeah, sure in you a were. Skin tight sequence um, bodysuit as the pharaoh who like comes out on top, like comes out. Um, so good. So skin tight, my grandmother made it, and it was the first time Amazing. I was like, "Oh, there's a spot like you gotta wear like special undergarments to like wear this in front of the school because it's like a lot of body. You gotta, you gotta make sure stuff is places, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you weren't the star of the show, but you did steal you were the, the show. Star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel I feel pretty good about my role. <laughs> I like to be very, I'm very humble. Very humble. I love very that book. your grandma made that. Like I love that. Like under the like under the um, like pretense of it being like a school play your grandma it's could okay. make you a like skin tight sequin leotard but if you were just like in any other instance like exploring your gender your grandma would be like 
absolutely not. But she's like, for the theater? Absolutely. Well, I mean, I come from costume people. Oh. Really? <laughs> so, so I mean, let's just, let's just, we just, is this too meandering? Do you guys no, want like no. a more, oh, this okay, is how okay. we, this is how we roll. <laughs> so, we meander. Uh, my grandmother would always say that while we may be Presbyterians and we live in the, you know, in the small town now, we bleed Mennonite. <laughs> okay, break that down religiously. So, what are even the words you're so saying? So my mother and all of her family were raised in German Mennonite like immigrant community. Interesting. So these are like farming people who like. For generations lived in like a sect in northern europe and then like finally like came to the u.s and came to like you know different pockets but they like do farming and like think like amish light i was about to say are they, aren't they <laughs> I, I was trying to make a guess i was like okay if i was like kind of amishy also maybe kind of like quakery friends you know is it kind of like a, yeah. a loving and sharing uh, Negative, great, all right, oh, it's not that. They're as with a lot of different sects, they're very complicated. <laughs> so, so polygamy. Okay, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Keep going. So, the deal was like, so you know, she's raised in this very sort of like relatively like strict community, but she loved Halloween and she loved like any opportunity. So she would dress up. She would sew a costume for every major holiday, Christmas. Easter, Fun. Ha uh, Halloween, and they were top to bottom bespoke costumes. <laughs> What's she doing right now? Uh, well, she she's not alive anymore, but she is just we so. What I remember growing up was just seeing her like go all out. Like there was one where like one time one Christmas she was like wearing like a full elf costume where like you know like you could not wear this to school because the hem was so short. Um, <laughs> And she like sang and danced and did like a conga line in front of all of us, and we we're just like, <gasps> Grandma! Literally sounds like an incredible woman. I love uh -huh. that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So she she took a tablecloth we'd lying around and made that jumpsuit for me. <laughs> um, and you know, after everything was over, I still would slip into it occasionally. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's a good jumpsuit. I would love to hear that you slept in it because I'm just imagining you in yeah. sequins trying to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was a little, it was a little pokey. Um, so I go to, you know, so I get, I, I grow up large and, you know, I, I keep thinking to myself, okay, well, I'm still pretty tiny, you know? And like, I felt sort of like a sort of androgynous. And the first thing I do when I get to college is I shave my legs. Um, and I was like, Ooh, this is so cool. This is the best. This is all I need. This is all I need. This is, I just, Bitch, I am sleek. That's it. I am like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I need. It's all I needed. I that's just need to explore body say, hair. That's what I say about winning top surgery. Is like, I just want to be sleek like a dolphin up top. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I just remember just like, yeah, shaving everything top to bottom and then just being like, you know, like conditioning everything and just being like, like then jumping in a pool and being like, God, I just like glide through it. Amazing. <laughs> Got some satin sheets and just, oh, it's just everything. Oh. Jumped on the time. bed, flew right off. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what, who else, what better freshman year for someone who, like, stayed extremely sober? <laughs> That's amazing. This was you letting loose. You got to make your eggs actually going to make really, fun. Really letting loose. Y'all ever shaved your legs and jumped into satin sheets? Wild. Oh, everybody needs that experience. Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> so... I uh, I ended up like like starting to have some like complicated gender feelings as I was like you know like as my body began to mask like my family's were late bloomers, mm -hmm. right? So at that point I I could I would go like a week between shaving my face and still like be like oh that person has nothing going on you know and was and then 
so I, I go to like talk with the school therapist first time I've had access to like a therapist therapist you know and I was ta- we're talking I was like I need you to fix me and she was like so that's not really what we do here and I was like I hear that's not what you do but I have goals and your job is to support my goals <laughs> and so I kept trying to like reframe it because because she was like a she was like a student and it was like the camera recording with the red light in the corner and so I'd be like look okay supervisor and I'd like point at the camera in the corner I'd be like can you talk to your student about this? <laughs> because she seems to misunderstand what I need. I was a very difficult client. Oh, me always. Me every single day. <laughs> so we meet back and forth for a while, and I we're finally talking. She goes, look, look, look. It seems very clear that you're just a trans woman, and that's like that's what's going on. <laughs> what year was this in the world? Uh, so it would have been like 2001. Okay. No, two thousand five. Me that. I know. I'm like this bitch was knowing stuff. I was like two thousand five. Me two thousand five. Dates are weird. So, and she goes, and I go, okay. All right. Thank you very much. And I never went back. Like, thank you for your time. Wow. Thank you for that desk diagnosis. <laughs> I mean, Freaking did you ever write her girl. back and say you were right? I could. I, I went. So I like. <laughs> Like, years later, I, like, called, and I was like, do you guys still have my records? Because I really want to apologize to some people. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, be like, you nailed it. Yeah. And, like, you lived in my head for a long time. <laughs> and the deal was, like, it was just sort of like, it was like, okay, well, that's that's not going to work for me. Right. Um, and I was like, you know what I need to do? I've got this big frame. And, like, what would it feel like? So I, I'm about the same size as Hugh Jackman. Um, um, what? With he is not as tall as you. Yeah, we're actually, he's 6'2". So we're both 6'2". I feel like, like that is a lie. No, so he's, he's around 185. There was a, when okay. he was doing the Wolverine stuff, there was a lot of articles about his physique. Yeah. Um, and at the time, like, I, I was like, well, look at him. And at the time, I was like, I didn't realize that he may have been using performance-enhancing drugs. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who knows? What they don't tell us. But I was yeah. like, he's got the frame. He looks that big. I should be, if I looked that big, I, I would want to just be all man. Right. Yeah. I would be. Ha- That's I'd be what's happy. missing. Yeah. That is what's what's missing is bulk. Yeah. <laughs> and being the ideal man. The I, ideal yeah. man. Yeah. I love how you are approaching things. This is exactly how I also do stuff. I'm like, mm, can't be the obvious thing. Mm, what else? What else? Maybe I'll grow my toenails. <laughs> yeah. So like, I go on this like bulk quest. You know, where I'm, like, lifting and eating and lifting and eating. But I also love to run, like, really long distances. Oh, so you're and so I kept, like, sabotaging yes. myself. And it just, like, I mean, I was put, I put on, like, 10, 15 pounds mm-hmm. here. And you'd run it off. And then I would, like, run it off. And, you know. Bulk <laughs> off. Yeah. I mean, the key is I find a dirty bulk is best bulk. <laughs> <laughs> because your body can't not. Right? Is that why? I mean, you you you're gonna you're gonna gain a lot of fat. Yeah. Uh, and to. you're gonna enjoy yourself. But you're gonna have so much fun, <laughs> you know. And you just lean into it. I and mean, that's winter for me. Every year is a dirty bulk. <laughs> and then when and then when summer comes or when you have the shoot, just lean up real quick. Yeah. And the, but the problem is, it's just this year over year thing where you're like, oh, I dirty bulked, and then like, I don't know. You know, everybody can put a swimsuit on. Let's just go do this. And now we're a new size. Like the world. Yeah, I, got, I mean, I got a cat call today. So, who, you know, whatever. Um, That's so funny. There's a, there's, a categ- there's a category for everybody. Um, so, <laughs> we're losing the thread. No, no, we're no. coming to you coming out. Yeah. So we're coming to me coming out. We're going we're gonna to fast forward here. There's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. So I get to a place where I have, like, almost a self-harm event. Oh, no, no. Before that, something very fun. So my brother, like I said, star athlete, always he just wanting so many trophies, college scholarships. He's just gorgeous and smart and good at everything. Um, 
I would like to say my arms are now bigger than his. So nice. like, I mean, I bench and squat more than he does. So, so what? Let the record come at show. Me, bro. <laughs> um, uh, I grew up with him and my brother-in-law dunking on me just for years on end. Um, so you know, just like yeah, years and years of just like get it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> no trauma there. No issues. Um, yeah, none. So. I go to college and I'm like, the only thing I want from my college experience is I want to win an intramural t-shirt. Okay? Because my brother would always wear his, like, win all these intramural uh-huh. t-shirts he wore. And I was like, all I want is to win one. If I win one, I'm going to frame it. And it's like, that'll be, like, everything will be fine. So I, like, would get a bunch of folks who, honestly, I wasn't in Greek life, so I was just grabbing people I could. And we'd go play sports. And we weren't great I mean, I was, like, pretty good, because I'm a trier. <laughs> but, you know, some of these folks had never played sport, and I wanted everyone to have a good time, but I also wanted to win, because I needed a shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we lost everything. We never won a shirt. <laughs> and then there was a Halloween cross-country race where you either won the race or you won the costume contest because you ran in a costume. Right. So what did I run in? Full drag. I love that. Did I win a costume? Did I win out a shirt? I did. Wow. I did. Perfect. I did, and I didn't want to take my drag off <laughs> afterwards. I remember like wearing it to dinner afterwards, and my partner was like, "So, it's over." And you're like, "No, I'm good." You're like, "No, no, no, I'm good." I mean, like, I had like the, I had like glued the long nails on. She's like, like, "It's still Halloween." I, I remember the the race the race people were like, "God, you really committed to this?" It's like you're goddamn right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You're like, yeah, well, you know, it was. It's for the it race. Wasn't much effort. It was um, for the race. It's for the race. Yeah. It's for the race. It's yeah. For the t-shirt. Yeah, def. It's, it's for the t-shirt. <laughs> There's um, no deeper meaning. Yeah. yeah. So, like, miniskirt, crop top, everything. I also ran hell fast. Yeah. Uh, I didn't win because, like, at that point I bulked too much or I couldn't move quickly. Um, <laughs> this is what I'd say. <laughs> so, anyway, so life goes on and I end up not transitioning. So, I end up sort of, like, hitting a place where I'm like, okay, the deal is, like, we're not going to do this. And we're making commitments and we're going to seminary and we're getting married and we're going to, like, live in this body. Um, and we make promises and we do that. Um, and it works a little bit. And then I start working as a, so to become a healthcare chaplain, you spend a year as a resident, like 20 hours spending time with death and dying. Mm -hmm. And then 20 hours in like small groups. And in the small groups, you have people being like, so you like come and you're like, this is the visit I had today. And you like read it verbatim to them about like what was said. And they'll be like, huh, sounds like uh, there's some daddy issues here. You know, or like, oh, I don't know if you, and like, it's like intense, like, because mm-hmm. as chaplains, the only thing we have is ourselves. So there's, so like, it's just a lot of people being like, this is how I read you. You came across as like a dick here. You came across, like, you like missed them here. They left the door wide open and you could have just offered quiet space, Remington. What was wrong with you? What is wrong with quiet space? <laughs> you know? And we learn things. And so during that year, I had a therapist um, to help me get through the, get through the year. And I remember telling her, I was like, by the end of the year, her and I got to the place where I was like, be, I was able to say in a room with somebody, I'm a trans woman. Mm. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to say, and I'm not going to transition. Um, and I found that like pretty freeing. And so that leads us to the bow tie that we were 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Back to the gateway. God. Like, okay. So the bow tie was about trying to sort of like massage and nuance and like round off the corners of gender. Mm-hmm. And I would continue to sort of like exper- experimental with my sartorial like presence, you know, you know, for the next four or five years. Do the bow tie, because obviously the tie is very masculine, the bow tie, what, because 
lesbians were wearing it. No, because it's odd. It's, it's different. different. Okay, okay, cool, did cool, you cool. do like fun like patterns and stuff, or were you yeah. limited to just like? No, so like I went like hard like gay GQ. Okay, <laughs> love, love. So like suits tailored within an inch of my life. Cool. Um, Amazing. And like, you know, all the pins and the no socks and the like, you know, the loafers with different colors and like, you know, when I finally transitioned, I transitioned while I was at a hospital. And this was, you were still in a straight presenting relationship at this point? Yes, straight okay. presenting relationship. So that relationship goes away and I end up like, I'm, trans I'm in a transition at work. A lot of things happen, so I'm transitioning without hormones. So I'm just like... Changing what you're wearing? I'm just changing what I'm wearing. And so I pretty much like have all these meetings with HR and my boss and we're just like, all right, August. All right, well, you know, like, I'm, you know, and I come to work, and I'm talking to some of my patients, and one of them like, oh, this makes sense. And I was like, how? And they're like, we just thought you were hella gay. Hella gay. Hella gay. And, like, it was, like, so the more folks know, the more they were just like, oh. And I was like, that's really interesting. People can see us. Yeah, so, like, yeah, people can see us. And so my coming out was, like, I mean, it was a, a, a staff of 350, and the day I came out, I'd done a lot of, like, background work with folks and getting people on board, and, like, I'd had that big coming out party at the bar, and, like, and so when I came out, like, everybody who could, there was, like, a bunch of people wore dresses that day to, like, support me, mm. and, like, everyone was there to protect me, and, mm. like, I could not have dreamed of a better, like, like, there was not, everybody was an ally. That's amazing. It was phenomenal. Like, there was, like, one doc that said something bad, and, like, Someone talked to him. I mean, as far as yeah, I know, like someone, someone took him in the alley, and like he never said He's anything dead. again. <laughs> someone killed him. Because I remember like talking. Yeah, to but the... weirdly, he died later that night, so I don't know. Yeah, because like years later, I was talking to staff. I was like, so like I never had like any problems with patients or family members or whatever, and they were like, we took care of it. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, and there, there were very few because I'm very likable. Sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah, so I, what was wild about my transition is. So no hormones. So literally just like, you know, like I'd like change, I, instead of wearing a headband to pull my hair back, I just like tried to like use a diffuser and like wore an A-line skirt. And then a week later I had breast augmentation. Really? Wow. Which was bananas. Yep. <laughs> so like you literally like, nothing else has changed. Like you go in and you come out and you're like, oh, I'm so pretty. Yes. <laughs> and that was like, in terms of like my transition, that was the single biggest like impact moment for me gotcha. because at that point I was waking up and like you wake up without hormones and your body is like ready to go do stuff yeah <laughs> and um you know what was really nice is then I was waking up and I was like looking down and it's like here are breasts and then there is a penis sandwiched between the breasts like it's like a like a like a landscape like, <laughs> um, like down the screen yeah and it just Off like it like reminded me that I was like I was like oh I am okay like I like it, it. It was sort of like a talisman for me in some yeah. way. Like I mean, I think I could have done it without the breast augmentation, but it really helped me feel like I could hold space. Mm -hmm. um, and then I sort of like the rest of my transition was just like go big or go home. So I would like show up to family conferences and like you know I'm six two, so I'd come and I'd be like six nine, yeah. you know, in my heels <laughs> and be like, yeah. look, I'm gonna work this room and own it. Um, I do remember, like, with the heels, I was walking into this. God, it was so, like I would show up when, when it was time for death. Like things are really hard. We got to make decisions. For so your job. Yeah. So yeah. it's really hard. It's really heavy. And so a lot of times we do these big family conferences where we get everybody there. We get the docs there. We walk through. This is where we've been. This is where we are. This is where we're going. 
So I walk into this one and I'm about to, you know, essentially, so I start like warming up the crowd before the doctor comes in. This is what we need to expect. What are our questions? How are we feeling? Like get everybody ready. And I walk in and it's like, it's like a baby deer learning to walk. Mm -hmm. And I like, I hit a slick spot on the floor in my like super high heels. And I'm like skitter scattering across the floor in this ICU room with a person that is very near death. And I just like fully face plant on the ground. My skirt comes up over my head. And I am like, Face down on the ground. I hit hard. It's a long way to the fall. The complete worst <laughs> case scenario. It's like a, yes. It's like a. It's like a. Yes. It's like a giraffe baby falling out. You just live all the way down so yes. far. Oh my gosh, at that. And like you know, I get up and I'm so embarrassed, and everyone's just like, just like set the tone, and everyone feels more relaxed. You know. You like did that every other time. I just. I, 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 I did a prat fall in every room. <laughs> but eventually learned a death draw. Yeah. That would have been a great way to go into a room. <laughs> but. I, but, but that was the thing that, that blew my mind is, is as a chaplain, my whole goal is to come into a room, people are having the very worst day of their lives, and I want to come in and I want to meet them where they are and just hold space for them. And I can do a lot of other things, but I want to meet them where they are and I want them to feel loved and cared for. And what was amazing to me was when I was male presenting, I had to work way harder at that. Because people don't warm as, ah. as quickly to a guy coming in the room. Think? Well, there was also that I got a lot of like, oh, well, I mean, sometimes I just looked like like a Mormon coming to sell you stuff. Yeah. yeah. And like, that. no, no shame on those folks. Those boys are working hard. They are. Um, Fastest growing religion, you know. Uh, you know. <laughs> they got the biggest marketing plan. But there was a, you know, so I had to work when I was male presenting. I had to do a lot of work to let folks know that I was safe and I was not going to judge them. Mm-hmm. And when I was extremely queer presenting, I never had to do that. Mm-hmm. So folks would, folks would like they, they automatically start it's self-disclosing. Inherent. Yeah. And I think I think my presence was a lot warmer and a more authentic and more, you know, just sort of. I mean, folks have said that my smile and my presence changed, um, and that's really nice. I mean, it worked lots of hard. You do shoot a lot of joy out mm-hmm. of your smile. It just like it's, just right at people. <laughs> people seem to like me. <laughs> I think there is something to be said about like if you're like obviously queer presenting, that makes people feel safe because they already know something about you and like mm. they're they already have like an in on something that you're vulnerable about you know yes yeah because mm. a lot of times they would then be like oh so my granddaughter is gay yeah i mean i still go to this church and they think it's not okay but like i'm just there because i've been there for 40 years <laughs> totally. and, so, and you're like oh cool <laughs> everyone's story at church yeah. <laughs> my church doesn't like it but like i don't agree but i don't have anything else to do on sunday so um well i have monologued at you guys for like 20 minutes no, i love no. it so how did you pick the name Remington? So that's the name I was born with. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's your that's your birth name. That's my birth name. It's a cool name. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't do hormones. I didn't change my name. Um, I now I mean I'm on hormones now, but at the time, yeah, I I, I thought about changing my name. Uh, there was a TV show Fringe, and one of the characters, her name was Olivia, and they called her Olive. And so I when when things were really really hard in the beginning of my transition, I always dreamed of like like changing my name to Olive and then like my next partner would call me sorry Olivia and my next partner would call me Olive when I'd be the little spoon oh. <laughs> oh, we all were in for that <laughs> I love the name Remington though that's me too. so cool I, I saw someone the other day I saw online somebody named Remington and I think it was also a woman so that's why I thought maybe that you had picked it and I don't remember who it was very possible yeah, no, I think it just or maybe someone named their baby Remington Kelly Clarkson's son's name 
Really? Uh, okay. It's a very popular dog name. Mm. Yeah, um, I do know a, I know a, um, a German water hound named Remy. Okay, so uh, awesome foodstagrams. One of my favorite name is Remy. So, okay, so uh, yeah, I've met a lot of people who think, oh, I know a dog named Remy. Which is just like, that was your, birth, said your birth name. My, oh, no, absolutely. My birth name was Chloe, but everyone's like, oh my god, my cat's name is Chloe. And I'm like, in what do Co- I do with this in And how everyone's name is Coco, and how everything is shown to Coco, which I love. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- so for women of a certain age, there was a show in the mid '80s. Uh, Pierce Brosnan played Remington Steele. Mm. What's the show? Remington Steele. Oh goddamn it! Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, that was also with the gender stuff. Was like I'd gotten my mom was always like, "Well, you're named after Pierce Brosnan," and it was sort of like, "Well, he's gorgeous. I need to like live into that." And he was like Double 007. He's a stud. Yeah. He's a stud. And then my dad was like, well, I mean, I named you after, like, the Rifles. So, like, they had a thing where, like, they both were like, I, you know. Wait, was that the one? Yeah. He was like, I didn't name you after some guy. I named you after a gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, named you after a gun. Keep going. So, <laughs> I love I've only met one other Remington in my entire life. And it was in college. I was working at this, uh, this, uh, this like, sandwich place. Um, and I was, I only worked there for like a week because they, they wanted me to make sandwiches in the back alone and I'm not a make sandwiches in the back alone type of person. <laughs> You're like, I'm a customer person. I know, I'm, no, like, I'm customer facing. like, put me in the front, put me in the front. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need someone to make sandwiches in the back. And it was always like, I'm not making the sandwich quick enough. And like, they wanted me to like, not, not hold the sandwiches. They were like, you take too long when you oh pick the sandwich gosh. up. You need to like learn to use your spatula with the sandwiches on the table. It, it was a disaster. Mm. It was just like a mismatch of skill mm. sets. Early, yeah. su- early subway. This was bad. Okay, keep going. Um, so when I get there, my first day, they're like, oh, we have another Remington who works here. And I, I have a moment of like existential crisis because I've never met another Remington. Like, you're like, you're no, like I'm not doing a nickname. Who am I? Yeah, who <laughs> now, who like, are they? Are they going to be better than Where me? Where did they come from? Like, it's not a competition, but, like, there can only <laughs> be one. I used to hate other Courtney's. My ex's name was Courtney, and fun fact, uh, we went to elementary school together, and one time my little sister thought it would be funny to get out my elementary school yearbook, and I had crossed her out <gasps> and put stupid. No! I all other Courtney. Look, I, so <laughs> In I, front of her? Yes. Of course. And I was like, that of could course. be Chris. You were like, I, I don't Whose photo that was? Keep going. Yeah, and then it had my name in it. I was like, oh. so, it was like signed by Courtney. Super hate you, Courtney. Love Courtney. So, yeah. So, 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 look. If there are other Remingtons listening, I want to affirm and celebrate you. Also, I want to fight you. That's <laughs> fine. So, so this guy comes out and he's huge. He's huge. He's guy. He beats me in every metric of size. He's enormous. And he walks up and he's got long sleeves on. He's like. Her name was Remington. I was like, it is Remington. And I was like, ooh, too much energy. <laughs> we're, we were doing the cool bro thing, and I totally missed it. Um, and he goes, do you get the tattoo? And I was like, oh, it's a fa- it's a thing? Is there like a good club that we join? And I was like, uh, no. Which, is this tattoo? You know, I'm trying to be real cool. And he, he goes, yeah, and he like rolls up his sleeve, and he's got a rifle from his wrist to his shoulder. And it was like gorgeous. And I, I like, I want to be like, oh, I was gonna get the bust of Pierce Brosnan on mine. <laughs> um, okay, I would love to ask you about because so you, it it seems like it was a very conscious decision to transition without hormones. Yeah, I mean it wasn't by ch- super by choice. Really? So I tried hormones. I mean, so I'm a person that likes to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I used to work out an hour a day, five to six hours, five to six days a week, mm-hmm. which I think is a moderate amount. Heavy. A lot amount. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty solid, heavy. It's a pretty solid amount. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, I was it's like not a casual amount. Yeah, I mean, I got to eat like thirty five hundred calories yeah. a day. It was just yeah. joy. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I started hormone therapy during the hot summer months and the gym I worked out I worked out in was outside mm. and I started getting like pretty severe tremors from the drug that uh, eats your testosterone because mm. it also takes your electrolytes and your water. Wow. Oh, um, interesting. Electrolytes are super important for women. I mean, for everyone, but super for important everybody, for everybody. They make your muscles work. Yeah. Um, and your heart. So I was getting like palpitations and shaking, and I tried to like manage it with my doc, and then I had uh, a suicide attempt or a near miss, mm -hmm. um, and like afterwards, I remember like talking. I mean, I worked at a hospital, yeah. so I was like talking with some of the docs, and I was like. I, like, I don't know if I can do this. And it turns out, like, one of the person I worked out with, one, somebody I worked out with is a plastic surgeon. She's the one who did my breasts. And I heard that, like, she might be able to do them, like, without hormone therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did a consult with, so I stopped doing hormones. So, like, for, like, mostly because the thing that was keeping me safe and healthy was working out. And if I had to, like, not do that at that time, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to survive, or it would have been a lot harder. Yeah. Totally. So the, the hormones were interfering with the consistent um, yeah. activity that you needed. Because I needed, I needed my community yes. was there every day. Yes. I needed to see them. I needed to sweat. I needed the endorphins. I needed the regularity. And working out for me was always that special place because there were no mirrors in this gym. Mm -hmm. And so I could lose myself in the group moment. Totally. And like, there's something about doing something. I really like really, really intense exercise. Yeah, same. And it drives me into my body, right? It's that flow state mm -hmm. and you just forget everything and you just get to celebrate the fact that you have a body that does something. You're mm -hmm. just feeling your mechanics. Um, um, I, my favorite coach, uh, Steph Tui, who had a gym in Austin called Grit, would say, we don't work out because we hate our bodies. We work out to celebrate our bodies. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a celebration. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I started, try, I did a couple of consults with folks where I was like, because I was having trouble finding someone who would do breast augmentation. Like, I, I didn't, I, I was really worried I didn't have enough finances or time to do the, um, like, tissue expanders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this uh, surgeon I worked, I, I worked out with, like, she did a consult with me and she was like, Oh, you don't need that. I do plenty of like women bodybuilders and figure, uh, figure people. She was like, I mean, your pectorals are gonna be thick. Um, <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> but she was like, we can totally do it. And so like we, I, I tried on a bunch of different sizers and stuff, figure out the size. At the end of the day, I was like, I trust your aesthetic. Like, just do what fits my frame. Mm -hmm. And so it was like an extra long surgery because they put in every single size. They put in the size and they lift up the bed and then all the whole team would sit on the really? side of the, the other side of the room and be like, okay, she's super athletic. Is this fitting what she wants? <laughs> and then and then they would like lay me back down, take the sizers out, do the next size, lean me back up. Um, and because my pectorals are very thick, there had to be a lot of like filleting and like Adjusting, shaving to get totally, the like totally. edge right. Yeah. Um, um, I think they look very good. We, we respectfully say yes. Yeah. <laughs> we can cut this out. Was it Dr. Saxon? Uh, no, it was, um, Ashley Gordon. Interesting. Highly recommend. Dr. Ashley Gordon. I She's phenomenal. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so that, so I, I did that, and that was great. I actually got, we talked about sort of, like, getting, you know, that, that quest to have that, like, ultra-masculine body. Mm -hmm. So after I had breast augmentation, I actually, the next two years... I got to be the biggest and strongest and fastest that I've ever been in my entire life. Um, God damn it, you're ruining my excuse that boobs are holding me back athletically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, this, it was just this like thing where I was like, I just kept working out and I was like feeling, I was just really feeling my body. Um, and I got really big. 
um, I didn't I didn't realize it at the time, but in some of the photos, I'm like, oh, girl. Because <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I, I lost six, I, I've now been on hormones for two years, and I've lost six inches from my shoulders. Really? Wow. Yeah. Damn. And I'm still, I mean, I, I feel like I'm so moderately large. Yeah, yeah your arms are... I'm looking at. I'm them. trying not to get punched. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so you ended up on hormones. How did you yeah. end up balancing what that made you with? Want to, yeah. With working out, did you find? Is there like different hormones or different? No. So or? I ended up. I, I ended up getting a new doc, and we had a long conversation about it, and we started on like, you know, we started in winter. Mm. Good idea. Which helped. So you got acclimated. Before. Acclimated, mm. and it was a different oh, time in my life where I didn't need to work out as hard. Mm-hmm. You know, things had changed. I had more stability. I had more of a peer group. I had a partner who loved mm-hmm. and adored me. Mm-hmm. I had done the work with my therapist. Yeah. And I was ready to sort of like see. I mean, you know, I wanted to sort of get some feminization. Part of it was that like laser hair removal works and electrolysis works. If you still are putting out tests, I mean, my testosterone rate was at like 500. Um, if you're putting out like that much testosterone, you just keep regrowing. Yeah. So like, I just kept like lasering and lasering and lasering and the electrolysis, and it was battle. just like, yeah. and it was like, and it just, hurts. I, my electrolysis, she was like, I have never seen hairs Great. like this before. She was like, I've given it all we've got. God you know? <laughs> you're like, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, side note. Yeah. So, <laughs> so electro, so laser, because I I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't doing hormones. So I was like, I'm just gonna do this. Th- you know, I'll do it the hard way or whatever. So I lasered myself like a seal, you know, top to bottom, <laughs> and. The way laser hair removal works for folks who haven't done it is you start out with a little bit of like intensity with the laser. It's like getting slapped with a with a with a rubber band, but it increases because they got to they they want to they don't want to like burn your skin off, but they want to find that place right between like melting your skin and burning the hair because they're trying to kill that because they want to see how much you can take, and so. We got to this place where we're doing a, like a full body session. This is like, you know, it's gonna be like an hour plus. And um, we're at the place where it's not like a rubber band anymore, it's like a curling iron. <laughs> so it's like you have a curling iron and you're just like putting it on the skin for a Jesus. second and moving it. And like, I'm grip, so I'm on the table, like fully nude. I'm like lay down on the paper, the paper, you know, like crunchy white paper. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like gripping the bed, you know, and I'm sweating profusely. Cause I am like, you know, getting to that place of pain where you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I. I don't know if I can do this anymore. But yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah. I am paying for this. Yeah. <laughs> I will be a hairless beauty. Um, this is not not a perfect beauty segue is into, pain. This is not not a perfect segue into tattoos. Yeah. So I am like laying on the bed, and I'm just like, you know, everything is like, you know, my my biceps are just like, you know, everything is like screaming, and she like gets to a place, um, and was, yeah, I think it was like right at, oh, right on the back of the leg, you know, right where that yeah. nerve runs or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like, she's like, oh, I gotta get some, I gotta, I gotta really spend some time back here. And I just lose it, and I scream, and I leap off the table, and I'm so sweaty that all the white paper comes with me. <laughs> so I like I'm running away, and the paper is like on a roll, and it's coming with me, and it's this like scared giant trans lady who's Amazing. like sweating with paper all over, and I'm in the corner like covering myself, and I'm just, like please, crying, and I'm no, like, I, I was like, this session needs to be over. <laughs> Like, is it prorated? <laughs> it's like the scariest Halloween story. It, like, it reminds me of, like, there's that scene in one of the Wolverine movies where he breaks out of the water, mm-hmm. and he's, like, crazed and running around. It felt like that. Amazing. <laughs> and naked. To bring it back to Hugh Jackman. Let's so back to Hugh Jackman. Um, Our idol. Hugh, so if you listen, call me. <laughs> he's definitely a listener. We've noticed your subscribership, Hugh. Thank you. I tweeted him. He did not tweet back. Oh. <laughs> he's busy. 
It's just figure it out. It's a weird time. What do you guys want me to talk about? <laughs> uh, well, I want to know, like, how did you how'd you end up finding the league? And, and uh, how'd you play football before? And, and just like, um, a little bit of that, because that's how we met. Yeah, so I found the league. So I had sort of decided, I, I felt, because I had transitioned without hormones, I felt really odd. You know, there was so much like stuff about trans women, and, and I was just like, I just don't really feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. playing anywhere I think I could dominate but I don't feel comfortable yeah and I some of the guys I worked out with at the gym are I mean the gym is a sponsor of the league you, of the lion, of lion. yeah mm-hmm. and um do you still uh, work out there no mm-hmm. uh I wish I did I love them um but I so they were like you're you've got to come play with us mm-hmm. and so I came and did and it was like it was great because so yeah so my first season I'd only been on hormones just a little bit and so it, we want you on the women's team, by the way. Um, I want to if be you, on the women's if you, team. If you want, if you want to do, I'm it. intimidated. I, I sometimes I get unfun during competition. <laughs> Have you met Corny Rose? Hi, hi. We're uh, <laughs> the same. Hi. <laughs> Literally in Chicago, Candace was like, "Courtney never looks like she's having fun." Like all the photos of me, they're like, "You just look pissed." I'm like, "I'm having a great time." <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, "I love everybody. You're all beautiful. I will destroy you." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I, I super, I super want to play. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, we can like spend some time on like trans people in sports for a moment. Oh yeah. Which is that like I, I think some of my friends are like tired of me talking about the impact of like, a tr- my testosterone went from five hundred to less than ten, and you know I talked to, like I keep talking to like a lot of people about it, and they're I think I feel like they're just gonna be like, Remington, Jesus, please stop. We we get it. We get it. You've changed. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me describe to you what has happened because the deal is like the change in performance is dramatic. I mean, he can talk about it from the opposite side too. No, it's, I think it's so important to hear though. Like, yeah. cause it's not, not like, uh, what is that Olympic runner that was on track? The, the. Kasser Semenya. Yes. Where she and, has and they bumped her And they bumped her for, or they DQ'd her for marijuana, having marijuana. And it's like, oh, not when, that one. No. Oh no. Who you're talking about? You're th- you're, I know who you're thinking about. You're talking about, about Shakari Richardson. Yes, Shakari. They, yeah. uh, they bumped her for marijuana, and it's like, marijuana is not a performance-enhancing drug. That didn't help her. No one smokes what? weed and well, runs faster. Well, that's the faster. thing about, yeah, like, trans women, like, especially trans women on hormones, it's a it performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, and, like, I, I, like, I want to, like, cl- like, frame this conversation in that, like, there are cis women who are incredibly strong and incredibly fast and could dominate me before I transition. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, just to be clear, like there are folks who could do that. But like for me, like, I mean, I have all my stats cause I lifted and I ran a lot. So I have like all of my stats from before. Trackable metrics. And like afterwards, the biggest thing for me is there's no fifth gear. There's no final gear anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause used to, I always had one more thing where I could just like drop the hammer. And just like go, yeah. And like you know, like I might burn out pretty quick, but it, like no matter what, it, it was like an extra set, you know, here or like, you know, like the last like two hundred meters on a rowing machine, yeah. Like Sweet whatever it. it was, I could I could go, and everything would scream top to bottom, and that, I, I really love that place mm-hmm. um, of just everything screaming, and like just see like it, I always think of like on the rowing machine because you can see your power output. Mm-hmm. And so I've got all my numbers from before before hormones and after hormones. And so I can, like, tangibly see, like, I can work my ass off and I can just barely, like, maybe for, like, 
a minute, no less than a minute, like 30 seconds, like touch a number I used to just like warm up at. So you're definitively a worse athlete. Yeah, I'm definitely a worse <laughs> athlete. I mean, my doc says he was like, he was like, I mean, you were stronger than me before and you're still stronger than me now, but like, I don't work out, so. <laughs> <sighs> See, like, that's my, that's my issue too, like is when people have this argument, a lot of the people, like the men who feel threatened by trans women. I'm like, yeah. there are girls that like do CrossFit or girls in the WNBA who could dunk on you, who could lift heavier Most than you, who with an opinion floor, like aren't even in sports. Most the of the thing. people. Like, yeah. It's like, one, you don't give a fuck about women's sports. You're just here trying to make some conversation and be a bigot. But two, like, uh, yeah, they're going to beat you in a sport and it's not because they are a trans woman or whatever. It's because you probably haven't trained to be an athlete in that thing. Like, well, but, but it, it's also like, all the proprioception, all the skill, I mean, all that, like, I mean, this is where, like, you look at, like, the the anti-trans women's sports bills, where you're like, you know what, if we really care about, like, women in sports, how about we, like, fund their youth sports? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, like, from an early age, everyone was like, ooh, give that kid a basketball, give that kid a, you know, like, I got a ton of time and attention. Right. To do all the things, all the sports camps. So it's like, well, of course I have a skill set to do that now. Because mm-hmm. I had a whole childhood full of it. Mm-hmm. And if you I mean, that, like, this argument is, it doesn't even have to be like pigeonholed to trans sports. It just can be like where people are like, men's sports are so much more competitive. It's like, yeah, they've had a 50 year advantage. Yeah. Like, and if you've been raised in, to sport. And like, men have been raised and adapted to this for hundreds of years of being like, you're in sports from this age, this age, this age. Whereas, like, girls are lucky if by, like, 13, you're in middle school, someone hands you a basketball and says, okay, you can play the sport now. Well, and also, if you we finally stop playing sports in skirts in, like, the 70s, you know? Like, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it's a broken argument all the way around because yeah. it also has this, like, false idea of what competition should be. Yes. You know, when you're like, God, this is all make-believe anyway. Yeah. We're, it's literally a game. We're yeah. I mean, about balls and but, holes like, and hoops, but right? sports are so important, but it's just, like... Well, and then when you listen to the arguments too, it's like, well, then just trans people can just play in their own league, and it's like, well, first of all, you can't get people to fund the women's league. Yeah. How the hell are we supposed to get them exactly. to fund third like, league? Well, that's not not part of it either. Is that like you know, uh, anyone who's not just like a born ass man playing sports threatens the, um, you know, the. I'm not anti-capitalist, but threatens the capitalism that surrounds sports because taking people away or adding different folks is going to affect their the people Bottom that spend line, money yeah. watching that shit you know so it's like it's just trash it's just trash yeah i mean this is where like i mean we, we can tie in like so i i testified a number of times at the at the capitol against this stuff this last session right. and like it's really interesting to go back and rewatch my like testimonies because the first one is very much like you know, like the charm offensive. Sure. You know, where it's like I like compliment the Republican senators, and I'm like, oh my god, you guys, you guys did those feeding the kids bills. Way to go, totes awesome. Um, Thanks for being a good dad, dad. <laughs> you know, and then I sort of like what I talked about was that like, for me, sports was a place that, you know, the the, the trans experience for me is very bodily, and sports was a place where I could like use my body mm-hmm. in a way that was like celebrated and supported <laughs> and like. It, it like like that thing of like driving myself into my body was like this liminal cell you know like place of just like I don't know sacredness and joy right. um, it's great and I just like I, I I don't care so much about like whatever anyone's idea of like a fair competition is I just want every kid to have that idea of like you have a body whatever your body is like I don't want it to be like able like no ableism no whatever yeah. I want all kids to be able to like have a thing they can do together with others like 
I, I would do like a ditch digging contest with other people because oh, I just love yeah. doing body stuff with yeah, people. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think everyone should be afforded like the same opportunities and like just what you learn in sports. Like, I mean, I think all of us who have done sports realize it's like so much more than just like. Like, for you, it's, like, a bodily experience. It's also, like, where community is. Or it's where you learn, like, teamwork. Or it's where you learn to challenge yourself. Or you learn discipline. Or you learn how to take constructive criticism. Yes. so many things that you learn. so many things that are important for being successful and having personal relationships later. Well, you're learning a skill. Like, it's so much fun to learn a skill. That, I mean, sometimes has nothing to do with anything else. Right. But, like, I don't know. I mean, like, so, so so the football league has been really special to me because there's no bullshit gender rules. Mm hmm yeah, so like, it's not like our women are like less than, so we got to make sure we do play so they get the ball. Yeah, like Tuesday yeah. nights in the oh, league yeah. we the play, and there's, uh-huh. like, yes. there's like a woman uh-huh. you have to show, throw the girls like every four yes. plays. Which also, if they didn't do that, some of those guys yeah, would never no, they would, they would, they wouldn't, they yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't play. So those. like, there's yeah. a reason why they do it, but also it's like, well, that's annoying. Whereas our league is like, on Courtney's team and your team, dude, Zach threw to you over and over and over, and like John threw to you over and over and over. I like love to watch the like cis male QBs who are like. Oh, I'm, I'm utilizing this person because they're an athlete. They're not seeing, like, oh, female athlete. Yeah. I throw to them less. Like, they're like, you're open, hitting you anyway. Like, oh, okay. it's so... And it's so funny. It's funny how, like, maddening the guys find me, like, on defense. Like, all of the good defenders are like, I don't get it. You're always open. And I'm like, I don't think you're paying attention. Uh-huh. Like, I think, I think you see me, and then you just, like look for a guy and then I'm open I'm also good I'm really good but I don't think that you are giving me as much credit as you do one of the guys running down the field you know yeah I mean I I think that's what's so beautiful about the league is they've done such a good job building culture Mm -hmm. that we we can do competition in a way that is fair and bad like that works well and also because it is a learning league like there's so many varied levels of experience in the league so like you have people who played in high school, college, or people who've never played before, and they can yeah. be on the field at the same time, which doesn't happen in any other league I've played in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like where you can literally be someone who's played 20 years and someone who's never played before, and it's yeah. like cohesive, and like there's learning, and there's no one screaming at each other, and yeah. you're having a beneficial experience where everyone gets better. Like Kristen had never played a sport in her life. Yeah. And now she's three or four seasons in, and she's playing on the travel team, and like, and she says all the time, like, her biggest regret is that her parents. She didn't have a very, like, conventional childhood, but they didn't sign her up for things, so she wasn't involved yeah. in things, and so she didn't get to have the community of ever being on a team. She never got to learn those things. She never got to get better at sports. So when I got her into They Takes GFL, she's like, I missed this. And she's like, she's like, I wish I had been in this 10 years ago. You you wouldn't have been able to stand a chance against me if I had been in sports for this long. <laughs> she'd been ruthless. Oh, no, her body, she'd she's, she's two inches taller than me. Amazing. I'm like, damn. Amazing. But, but I mean, that, that's, the, that's the thing where, like, I hate all this focus on, like, I mean, the way these arguments have been so twisted, mm-hmm. and it's like, look, you know what we really need in America is, like, more adult sports. Mm-hmm. Right. Because... More adult fun. Yeah, so, so, so you talk about sort of, like, what was my history coming into the sport league. Yeah. So... You know, I essentially didn't play sports in high school until my senior year where I was like, oh, I'm going to do everything. I only have one year later. And so, like, I did cross country and I did track and I did soccer and, like, I, you know, I wanted to do everything, but I was afraid of, like, the, like, the basket. Like, I wanted to play basketball because I'm, pr- I'm actually 
really good at basketball. <laughs> um, and I wanted to play football, but it was too, I just couldn't figure out a way into it, and locker rooms seemed very scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I got to college, and I played every intramural sport, everyone, every single one. And I, like, for me, I actually didn't care about the games. I mean, I wanted that T-shirt we talked about. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to do a sport with my friends. Right. You know? And th- that's where, like, so when I got to join the, the gay league, I love scrimmages more than the games Mm -hmm. because it's just so relaxed and it's fun and it's collegial and I get so weirdly competitive in the games that like (laughs) I mean I still have fun Um, but I don't know I mean I just feel like everyone should be able to experience I mean there's this thing of like I feel like in every sport you can find that moment where you get to lose yourself and like in, in football my favorite thing is like being able to just run as hard and as long as I possibly can and it's just like you know the ball is coming to that back pylon, and your goal is just to get there. Yeah. And everything else disappears. You forget. You you, you lose yeah. your body, and it's just you just go and go and go, and it's oh, yeah. just. Ugh. I'll even like one up it when it's a fourth down and you have to run that far, yeah. and you're like, I have no choice but to cut, catch this fucking ball right now. Yeah, and it, well, and there's the, there's that like that trust. Yep. Like your team is trusting in your quarterback and when you're he trusting throws they're gonna it. Throw it in the right place, and that you're gonna be in the I, right. You know, place. like it's this very trust of like, good luck. <laughs> I I didn't really get to play team sports in high school. I was one of five kids, and my parents were like, sorry, we can't like pay for y'all to do every single thing. And I wanted to do every single thing, but I was in band. That was something that, which our marching band was a huge team sport, and we were super competitive, and I enjoyed that. But I my best friend in high school was on the softball team, obviously, big old lesbian. <laughs> and yeah, she imparted so many, through our friendship, I got so many of the like, um, team learnings that I wish I'd gotten. One of my, one of the things that she said to me as a kid that I pull up in my head all the time when I'm thinking about my um, effort or my execution in something. If she's like, if you're not gonna die for the ball, don't bother trying. You know. Yeah. If you're not gonna go all the way to try to, if you're not gonna knock yourself over to try to get it, don't try. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. got that commitment. Love that. It's commitment. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me with my son. Like, I mean, I've had a ton of sports injuries. Like, I had my rota- I had my shoulder done in junior high from like uh, overuse from swimming. I broke my rotator. I mean, I broke my femur, a stress fracture from running too much. What? Um, I knew there was running too much injuries. I knew it. I mean, this last year, I stress fractured both my feet. Stop running. Um, <laughs> that wasn't from running. I did. I did it was I, long. I was distance longboarding. Oh. Um, yeah, I picked up. I'd never skateboarded before, and I picked it up during COVID. I did like I did it up to forty miles on yeah, a longboard. Too much. Indeed. Yeah. Um, you just like lose yourself, and you have two hands, so you can have a donut and a drink as oh, you yeah. skateboard. <laughs> Why are more people not doing this? Two hands. I've been, I have been skateboarding since I was like a since I like like a kid because one oh, of my okay. cousins was a sponsored skater. But then when I was eighteen, I managed a Zoomies, and that's the gateway in. <sighs> and then like started longboarding in college, and you know at least. For the, my whole life, like at least once a month, I'll bust my skateboard out. But now that I live close to downtown and I work close to downtown, I'm skating every day. Yeah. Okay. Well, and Austin is great because you can go like side to side, east to west, and it's fairly flat. Yeah. But if you want a really fun day, you just go 10 miles uphill in one direction and then you turn around and it's just all joy all the way home. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, I'm not doing it anymore because like I, I messed up both my feet and now we're, okay. we're, we're, we're healing. figuring it out. We're healing. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that so I have this thing where like I, I think I think it's for me, my therapist says it's part of my trans experience is not listening to my body well. Mm. So mm. I've got all of these, in, I mean, I, I ended up, in a, I woke up in an ambulance in high school after I was running a race 
Um, and I was like not feeling good. And I was like, no, Remington, you gotta go. You gotta make your body perform. And so I like tried to like drop the hammer and then I woke up in an ambulance the next moment. Like it was not one moment, but it was many moments later. So like kind of because you have so much like in experience sort of ignoring your body or ignoring the things that maybe it's trying to tell you because of the dysphoria, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the like most explicit like moment of this was I was, uh, so I, was a, I swam from six to 18. So every, you know, I swam a lot. I um, And, oh man, I forgot it. Yeah. So uh, we did this thing when I was like nine years old and you swam with all the rest of the kids, all the high school kids, everybody was in one pool. And we did this one thing one day, we never did it again after this, and you'll learn why in a moment, which was that um, you swam as far as you could without taking a breath. And then you stood up. And so you could see, it's 50 meter pool, so you could see where everybody was. And so one of the high schoolers had gone 50 meters and a little bit a little bit farther, so they turned around. And I was like looking at him, I was like, I mean, they got like nine years on me, but I can do it. So I like start swimming and you like see feet as you're swimming. Cause you can like be like, ooh, I just passed so-and-so, I just passed so-and-so. And um, have you guys ever passed out from holding your breath too long? No. no. It's very hard. Um, so, like, because you have to, have four, you're overriding your body's natural instincts. Yeah, because your body. I've like got to the point where like your legs start to go numb. That's yeah. like the beginning of it. But then I. Well, yeah, it's, go, it's go a breathe. really strange experience because you move, you you get to a place where your body wants to involuntarily open its mouth and breathe. So it's like you start to feel like spasms in your diaphragm, and so like I'm swimming and I'm like, no, not yet, body. We're gonna win this. We're gonna get there. You know, 25 meters, and we're, and then it's like, and then everything just starts to burn. Mm -hmm. So it's like mm -hmm. with a little bit of fire, mm -hmm. and then everything up and down the respiratory tract is like searing, burning, hot fire, and then nothing. And so the nothing part is like one of like my best. Don't do this, kids. Do not do this. <laughs> we're not recommending do not, this. Yeah, but it was one of the times where it was just like like serene I think it was like because it came on the tail of like this like intense like mind over body experience yeah. so I kept swimming once I got to that serene place and then eventually I wake up and I'm on the side of the pool <laughs> and you know there's a lot, a lot of those kids like moonlight as lifeguards so like they like totally. as soon as like they saw me stop moving and start sinking they like whipped me out of the pool pretty quick but I like I always think about that my therapist always reminds me about that as, as a thing of like hey you could listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Like, what would it be like if your body's like, hey, breathe, and then you just you just breathe? Mm -hmm. Like, it just tells you, mm -hmm. you know? And you're like, well, that's a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again slower. What do you... So, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, so I think that that's something that the sports league has been helpful with me in. I'm still working on it. Because, like, this last tournament, I got a lot of injuries this season, and I was in so much pain that I was, like, almost in tears constantly. Mm -hmm. Um... And eventually I like stopped playing and it took me four games, but I stopped before the end of the fourth game. And there was like two minutes left, but I stopped before the end of the fourth game. And I'm so proud of myself. And I'm at my, th my therapist is listening. She's proud of me too. Yeah. Um, because like, it took me a long time, but it's still that, I think that's still that process of like, tr like transitioning was a moment of like trusting my body. Yeah. You know, and being like, I trust myself. I trust this decision. It's a leap of faith. And so it's just, I think it's the same thing with sort of like these overuse injuries and stuff where it's like, okay, what would happen if we stopped before something broke? If we listened yeah. to her. Mm -hmm. Huh. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a work in progress. We're not quite there. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to say something about trans people in sports because um, all of the conversation really is around children right now, which is like super important. But as like an adult trans person in sports and like you're also an adult trans person in sports like I it has occurred to me like 
you know, there's, like, all of these, like, quotes about, like, how, like, trans people don't grow up as ourselves. And I think that, like, there, I, I want to see more trans people in the league as adults because I think that, like, for me, like, I didn't play football growing up because I grew up as a girl. So there wasn't football. So, like, yeah. it's really fun to kind of relive this thing that I didn't get to have as a kid. And I think just, like, sports kind of remind us of that playing and that joy that we have when we're young. And I just think that like trans people don't have that same lived experience when Mm. they're young. So Mm. I think it just opens this world of like, hey, like be you and be you in sport around people who are gonna like affirm you. And like, I just think it's like something that we miss. And so Mm -hmm. I want more trans people to know about these like leagues or find, like I had a trans guy friend who like played on like, just like, a cis guy like tackle football team like in in Brooklyn and he was like I played for one season I was scared to death because like locker rooms are fucking scary and like you know I didn't know how they would like feel about me he's like but you know I got to do it and it was so fun and like I was pretty good and he's like and now I can say I've done it and like for him he was like constantly like in a fear space but like finding a space like where you're welcome like I just I don't know I just think that like getting to live that like childhood joy is like so important yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you get a time travel a little bit, yeah. and like and like heal past wounds, yes. and and I think having, like, for me, having the women in the league give me attention and affirmation yeah. has been hugely important, because it's sort of just it's like I with all of the harm going on in the world, I need that explicit affirmation that they want me there mm-hmm. and they appreciate me, mm-hmm. um, and they I mean everyone has been so generous with that, right. Um, but it's been really important. Also, we need a cheerleading. Why do we not have a cheerleading squad? Because oh, I want to. I want to heal that childhood. Yeah. That's me. That's me. My. Fa- I'm I, sure we could. We should ooh, make it. As, gotta to... bring Kirby from the gay flag football. Oh, or the or the gay basketball. Or the gay basketball. Oh yeah, he could. I want outfits. I want pom poms. Mm-hmm. Um, Done. I feel like we could definitely what make else? this happen. Um, I did want to say though that I feel like, in general, this whole argument like against trans people in sports is just kind of like. It's illogical based on like the fact that people just think like if you have like a physical advantage that you are better at that a you sport, which is not better. necessarily true. Like if you no. throw LeBron James into a pool, he's not going to be better than someone well, who is has the skills and the fundamentals at a. In we a also pool. Michael Jordan played a try to play basketball. Ex- or baseball. I mean baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I was so, like, yeah, we did, and we loved it. Yeah, he <laughs> could be the greatest of all time at something, and then put them into like. And then put him next to, you know, Jenny Finch, who played for the U.S. softball team, and she would probably dominate him as baseball. A, it's a, it's skill a skill set over time. But, you know, like, there's people like Becky Hammond, who is built exactly like me, and shoots 90% at free throws, and there's men in the NBA who are 7 feet tall and shoot 30% at free throws, and just because they're genetically at an advantage, you know, it, it, they're not better at that one thing. So even though, like, you might come in and you're taller doesn't mean that you necessarily you didn't jump in being able to catch a ball or run around you had to learn those things you know yeah but i I think i think there's also the piece where you're like okay how do we make this fair how about money right i swam against people who went to swim camp every year and they destroyed me right because they they had the money to go to swim camp to get the private lessons like sports are not equitable period that's why when you look at like the the country club sports like tennis and and golf it's all white people and there's very few people of color because they're expensive because it's expensive and like even like we didn't play club sports until we were 16 because my dad was the electrician for the general manager on the Spurs, and he let us play with his daughter because my dad did the electrical work for them. But besides that, like, we, like, I didn't get to be, like, I was good, like, as good as I could be without putting in that club or, you know, paying for that. 
But, like, there was kids who were paying for club sports from the time they were five who were a lot better than me, you know? And so, like, you can't make it fair. It'll never be fair. You know, LeBron James went to a fucking basketball academy. You know, like, he was genetically, <laughs> I mean, like, he's gifted, but he also, like, his high school was a basketball school. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, like, my idea of, like, kids' sports is something like what we have in the gay league. Is, like, this is for everybody. Everybody is playing. Everybody is getting the ball. Yeah. Everybody is learning. And you're like, because I, I just think... And somehow socialize, like, uh, so it's, like, sponsored by the government, and so therefore nobody has to pay for it, and it's just, like, a community thing that we all can be put into. Well, like, public school, but pu- public sport. Well, because what, what, what do you want? You want to develop lifelong athletes who want to... Because they, you know, this is good for public health. I mean, it's good... Right. Mental, it's all sorts of things, but it's you, also child care, child care, uh-huh. you know? yeah. <laughs> um, but like you, you just see like I, my big deal is I, I look at kids sports and I'm like, look, I had my shoulder done when I was 13. Is that right? <laughs> no. And you look at all. I mean, we have the the injuries for children's sports have gone through the roof. Where you're getting, you've got like, you know, you've got concussions, you've got um, all the knee issues with the female soccer players, mm-hmm. you've got all the elbow issues with the pitchers and then you have like you have a lot of like um boy linemen who gain a ton of weight to be that lineman and then the year's over and you put on all this bulk and like there's nothing to do you know like yeah you're setting them up to like fail mm-hmm. um setting up for a life of knee and foot problems yeah there's yeah. no there's no yeah. like let's just let's just have fun yeah i the bigger factors are resources education and support in you know, in sports versus just but, someone having a different physical experience than you. But 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 I mean, I, the the bigger thing is that we're having this conversation, and I think it it is an interesting and complex conversation. It's a conversation that never needs to be had because it's a it's a straw man. So we're doing it right. because yeah. some folks in the hard far right right wing focus group tested this, got real uncomfortable with it, and now they're running with it and they push it and like. You know the right wing folks are afraid to be primaried, and so they like push it out because it feeds the base, so they can retain power. Like, there's there's not like there. I think there are some folks who like hear it and they're like, oh, I don't know enough about this, and like, but I've seen Remington and she's huge, so like, I guess it's not fair. <laughs> totally. <laughs> not not to make it all about me, but no, but sh- I mean that's <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean I think that's the thing of like being seen and taking up space is I do feel like I'm on the Senate floor with a like. Um, sleeveless dress on so you can see my biceps in the dress you know what I'm talking about like and I'm sort of like am I the problem am next I- time take Chris with you and Chris can say you know what I've had to play defense on her and I did an okay job you know what I stopped you <laughs> twice I'm 5'5 five five, so I'm yeah. gonna say it's okay <laughs> yeah you did great but was it the testosterone yeah y'all should know though <laughs> that you are on a performance we, that I have been using for a I mean I'm even I'm not even mad at and yes I agree it's just it's just something that they can use for us to talk about because it's hot and heated so they can pass other shit that people aren't paying attention to. It's, it's know, just big, it's big the for the problems. base. Like it's, but exactly. It, it, but I mean, it, it is wickedness and it is evil and it is like it is destructive and it is wrong. I mean, I don't want to like bring us down too far, but like no. it's very harmful. It's very wrong. Oh, there's collateral damage. It's, it's the like kids all the, it's who like are the absorbing bath- it. Like, it's like the bathroom bills. Like, Fundamentally, I don't think anyone really cared about the bathroom bills, but the collateral damage of the bathroom bills. The bathroom bills bills weren't even spurred by something that happened. No, it was was just just like, like, just in case. So, it's so dumb. But the the thing is, is like, all of this is, 
Like, we're adults, so we're like, logically, this is silly. Absolutely. But it's the kids who hear it, or, like, you know, a trans kid who may be like, I didn't realize I was trans until I was 19, but, like, those kids who know when they're nine, and maybe they've decided I can't be trans, and then they're hearing this of, like, I'm not allowed to do this, or, like, I'm I'm wrong for wanting to play this sport. Like, that, you, you're, there's, always, there's already so much drama well, growing up trans. Yeah, but I, I think it's the Hannah Gadsby thing where she talks about, like, she's talking about her internalized hom- homophobia, mm-hmm. and she's, she just looks at me and she's like, you put this here. Yeah. Like, I didn't put this in me. You put this in me. Like, yeah. And I always think about, like, with this anti, like, this, like, transphobic stuff, like, like, in my own internalized, like, transphobia, it's like, I didn't put this here. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Like, y'all put this here, and now I have to deal with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's right. So I work at Euphoria.lgbt, and we make technology that helps trans individuals transition. And it's 81% of trans individuals experience, experience suicide ideations, and 41% act on it. And if you're a black trans woman, it's 54% act on it. But within the age group of people who are like unfortunately having the most success committing suicide that spike is 11 to 24 it's kids it's kids that are hearing all this information about how they're not wanted and loved and how they're an issue and like solving it yeah which is i mean i I had my first year miss at 20 yeah um so yeah uh, yeah, so I think that's yeah. I just um, I wish yeah, I wish that the gay football league has been great, super affirming, and it's like nice to like. I, I mean, it's also nice to see what was so nice this last this last season was. So I you know I just rounded two years on hormones, and so I'm really sort of like you know feeling my body in new ways, mm-hmm. and it was nice to go out and see how flipping athletic other people were. Mm-hmm. Like some of the males that I had competed with or worked out with in the past, and I'd be like damn <laughs> like I just can't move that way anymore yeah yeah um and that was like really I found it very affirming and like and that's with me working hard through the like I have not stopped working through the hormone process I and mean, that's why I was telling the senators I was like dude looking at an outlier this is a person who essentially was using performance enhancing drugs for 16 years while they bulked and worked out mm-hmm. like this isn't a 16 year old yeah right right you know it's a th- you know, who just, you know, has had testosterone really on board for, like, two years or whatever. Like, it's a totally different right. But also animal. The, the, perfect, the perfect example because you're like, and look, here's my recorded decline in performance. Well, I mean, that's you what know? I was telling him. I was like, I'm a huge outlier. And let me tell you what my experience has been like because it's been dramatic and I'm going to whine to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, uh, mostly I want to thank Remington for coming on today. This was a pleasure, and we already decided we're having you back, so just find a time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah we, did, we didn't even mean to get all the way in, but obviously we could not avoid talking about um, trans athletes in sports, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is just, uh, this was super joyful. I appreciate you guys giving me space to, like, jibber-jabber with you, and, like, I appreciate you, you guys do something really special, and you hold space for folks, and you have your voice seen, and you guys are really fancy and intimidating, so oh letting gosh. me come into your space, so I'm just, like, I'm just starstruck, and I appreciate every moment of it. I can't wait for you to see the photo of all four of us. We're gonna have to take one for this post, and then to see that Remington is calling us intimidating. Like, <laughs> she's such a badass. She showed up with all her hair in a dress, and I was, like, sweating, trying to find a mask <laughs> on my way over. And I'm really just, like, excited that we got time to hang out with you and just talk for a little bit longer. Yeah. I've only ever gotten to interact with you on a football field, so yeah. just like getting to get to know you a little bit better was really nice. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. so great. That was awesome. Um, yeah, so um, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, you can email us or DM us. So our email is 
uh, queerfortpodcast at gmail.com. You can find our website at queerfort.com or you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or wherever we're queer for it. Um, so just shoot us a message if you have um, any suggestions for topics if you want to mm-hmm. be on. If or you have just, a question. Yeah, if you just want to talk to us, we, we'd love that. Um, Please rate, review, and subscribe. It totally helps us. We are... You know, now podcast networks are looking at us and want to have us on board. So all of the <gasps> visible support is really helpful. I should ask for a per diem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, uh, well, it only covers. I mean, the I got the Pringles. So I got the Pringles. Oh, yeah, oh, I got the Pringles. I didn't read the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. Um, and uh, so until next time, uh, we, we love, love you. you. So you should too. You should too. Love yourself. Love you. Bye, y'all. Bye.